Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Recorded live. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Ragtag Radio, and I'm your host, Mark. I'd like to start off tonight by thanking everyone for listening to the call, thanking my guests. And hopefully tonight we'll have a wonderful evening. First of all, I would like to talk about the word evil. It is evil for a man to take his hatred and vengeance upon an innocent group of churchgoers because he is upset with his in-laws. A man who attacked the church in which his in-laws went to worship. It is evil for a man to rent a truck and decide that his ideology and his religion propels him to take out innocent bystanders along a major highway in New York City. It is evil for a man to perch himself in a hotel room as he watches concert goers enjoy music and then lashes out with hatred and vengeance and starts shooting them like they were nothing more than animals. And with that being said, it's also evil for politicians, for the media, and for those who want to strip the liberties of America to use tragedy to their advantage. Over the last few weeks, We have seen countless tragedies in this country. And before the mourners get to grieve, we have politicians and media elites who decided to take it upon themselves to blame a fundamental right cast forth by the Constitution and our founding fathers. The Second Amendment is there to protect our liberty, our freedoms, and ourselves. We have to remember one thing as we look at history. When the fascists rose up, the first thing they did was confiscate the guns. When the Nazis rose up, the first thing they did was confiscate the guns. When the Soviets rose up, The first thing they did was confiscate the guns. And history shows us that millions of people had their lives taken away because of tyranny and because those people were not able to defend themselves. We at Ragtag believe the most important right of anyone in America 
is to be secure in their liberties, in their property, and within themselves. To reap the blessings of being an American means we must embrace what it means to be an American. We were founded by men who were willing to give up their liberties in order to make other men free. And that's the way it has been. That's the way it is now. And that's the way I hope it always will be. Now let's talk about the shooter. The shooter on Sunday was a former Air Force. I'm sorry, an Air Force sergeant, I believe. Well, he was an enlisted in the Air Force. He got a dishonorable discharge because he abused his wife and child. With that, he should not have been able to purchase any weapons. But we learned today that because of a snafu within the Air Force and their records keeping, his name was not put on a national watch list, meaning when he did try to purchase a weapon, he was allowed to do so. <clears throat> and from other things we have learned, the people he was looking for was his in-laws. He had a squabble with his in-laws, and that led to this horrendous tragedy. Now to the, is there anyone that wants to add anything to this? I open the floor to any of the callers. Go ahead. I received an email today where it said that he targeted first, he went down the aisle and looked for infants and killed them first. Before going after his in-laws. Personally, I think the man was sick. He was. He needed, he needed psychiatric help. And I'm not sure what happened in the last few weeks, but something touched him off that he went looking for what he did. Wasn't there a report out that he escaped from a yeah. mental institution? I posted it. So, but I think it's a, I, I think it's laughable when I go on Twitter and I see all these liberal bedwetting liberals who say, "Well, it's Trump's fault to begin with," and you know how could how could he allow this to happen? When, in fact, now today, that as you brought up, Mark, that it was bureaucracy that failed to list him as a, um, you know, combatant. And uh, he should have been banned for life of not being able to purchase a firearm. 
So, you know, I think it's just laughable the way they're carrying on here. Well, here's the thought exercise. If it wasn't a gun, if the man had bought a ninja sword from, say, Amazon or eBay, wherever, and went to the church and started chopping off a head, would the media be calling for a ban on cutlery? (laughs) We, We have to remember, the first murder was not with a gun or a sword. It was with a rock. When Cain had evil in his heart and he killed Abel, it was not what we think of. Any tool can be used as a weapon. And if evil persists, then evil will be done, no matter the tool. Last week in New York, there was a man who took a rented truck and killed bikers and pedestrians. Where is the call for banning vehicles? Yeah, ban trucks. Where is the three-day waiting list to buy you a truck or a <laughs> That's why I mentioned the use of getting rid of the guns as evil. Because you can use any tool to commit evil. You can show a pencil and commit evil with it. It's the idea that there's a reason why it is placed in the Constitution that we Americans who are lawfully responsible can bear and own firearms. And it's not to go hunting. It's It's for when the government decides it's going to be tyrannical. And as I said earlier, when the governments of the world decide to take the guns, then liberty also dies with them. And the Second Amendment is what keeps all of the other amendments and the articles in the Constitution viable. Now, any more on the shooter in Texas? Well, I say that it's probably a local. It's going to come back to a failure of the government because this guy was not that cray-cray and the police in his area didn't know him. And while he wasn't being watched after all that he had done, I mean, he got thrown out of the service because he had abused his wife, but he also cracked his stepson's head. He escaped from the mental facility, and he was taking guns on on the base. I mean, there's so many things that should have been in place that this guy should be on somebody's watch list. And he was also taking psychotropic drugs. I mean... You really don't need but one or two of those things to know. This this is a bad dude. He needs to be watched. He should be on a watch list somewhere. And I'm not, you know, I mean, if you just profile him, he's a bad guy. He He's probably, they'll probably find out that he was in with Antifa or one of the other crazy groups, far right groups or far left. Um, 
it's just, it's insane that this guy has gotten away with everything that he got away with and wasn't in jail or wasn't being watched by somebody. Well, there are some reports that he said that he wanted to start a civil war, that he pledged allegiance to Antifa or one of these left-wing groups, and he wanted to start a civil war. I'm pretty sure he's not going to accomplish this. But like yeah. I said, this guy did have mental issues. And it really stems, if you if you look back at the last few mass shootings in this country, it all boils down to mental issues. Mm-hmm. And if you break it up a little bit further, years ago you were able, a family member, or a family was able to put their sick relative into into a mental institution. Well, in the 60s and 70s, Congress changed the laws, where instead of the family deciding that they could put their relative in a mental institution, it took an, uh, an act by either a sheriff or a police enforcement agency or something like that before you got some real results and you got that person to get the help that they needed. So over the last few decades, numerous people have fallen through the cracks of the system. And if you really look at a lot of these mass shootings over the last few decades, you see that they have been done by people with mental Issues. The one, there's countless ones we could name off right now. And it all stems back to those people were not getting the psychiatric help that they needed. And that also lends into what's going on in Islam, really. A lot of the, it's my belief that a lot of these men who decide to join ISIS or commit terrorist attacks throughout the world have some form of mental illness. And that's why you have these people who are going to die for their beliefs. It, it seems a little bit further than that because you've got to get the whole belief system. But it it all ties itself back to mental illness. Well, but Islam is a uh, is a works based organization, and I think that's something that's inherent in men. They like to work to prove their worth. I guess it just doesn't help for you to be cray cray too. Well, it's a, a different cultural dynamic because what's the selling point? For men who want to die for Allah, there are 72 virgins in heaven, right? Well, culturally, the way that the marriage system is arranged in the Middle East and in Islam, you literally have to buy a wife. And for those who couldn't afford it, your next best thing is dying for Allah and getting 72 virgins in heaven.
Well, I think there's just some people that are just evil. They are. Yes, there is evil everywhere. Evil was already in the gar- evil was already in the garden in e- garden of Eden when Adam and Eve were created. Law and everybody's quiet tonight. What's wrong? <laughs> okay, should we get some better topics? I'm trying to cut I'm here. I'm here. What'd you say you were trying to do, Trish? It caught up on my email. I've been busy all day. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't get a chance to start on my email until uh, like six o'clock this evening, between six and seven. Uh, you want to take a guess how many emails I have in my box that are not answered or haven't been read? I have no idea, but I had over two hundred. <laughs> I got thirty thousand four hundred forty-three. <laughs> I don't know how we're gonna get them cleaned up. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yep. Stay on top of mine every day. I just have too many. I win. I got over uh, 111,000 emails on Yahoo, which is why I don't use Yahoo anymore. (laughs) Well, they're easy. At least they're easy to clean out. Well, that's what I'm on is Yahoo. My, but they're not on the iPad. I don't know why they're so, uh, when I've got a few minutes at work, I've got a desktop or a laptop I'll go in because you can just scroll down and click a whole bunch of them at one time and delete them. But I haven't had time lately. And that concludes our tonight. In Yahoo, you can't delete all of them at once. Yeah, you can. You can. I can never do it. And that's the second segment for tonight. Let's talk about Trump. (laughs) Trump, Trump, Trump. Now, for those keeping watch, tomorrow will be the anniversary of Trump's election to the presidency. And from what I understand, Nate Silver is still predicting that there's a 95% chance that Hillary's going to win the election. But there was also an article in the New York Post that said that people would vote for Trump again and Trump would win win election today like he did a year ago. He would win it hands down. He would win it hands down. You're exactly right because the media has tried over the last year to perpetuate the argument that the Russians were colluding with Trump, that Trump stole the election, and in the last year there has there has not been any evidence to suggest that. Also, every day the media gets together in a room and says, how can we get Trump? And they try their damnedest to get Trump, and everything that, he, that they try doesn't stick to him. And notice... Notice how the media goes silent when he's successful. We really didn't hear much about his trip to the Middle East earlier in the year. 
We're not really hearing much about the trip to Asia right now, other than Trump overfed some coy, but he was only doing what the Prime Minister of Japan was doing and feeding the fish. Well, the the trip to the DMZ was um, postponed or canceled because of the weather. Yeah, I just read that, and I'm sure that Trump remembers what it's like to watch a black and white television, and once you go to the DMZ and you you look at North Korea and everything's in black and white, <coughs> he's going to realize that it's better living in color. Oh, yeah. Now, there's also a possibility that Trump is going to meet with Putin in the next few days. And I, I want to say um, in Vietnam for their summit. And, of course, Trump is going to thank Putin for all his efforts in getting him elected. <laughs> and he'll probably give him the keys to the beast and maybe um, give him a good <laughs> Give him a tour on Air Force One, you know, things like that. Just to thank him, of course. And, of course, the media is going to have a field day with it. Oh, my God, they'll lose their mind. Won't they, though? Can you imagine if Trump walks up to Putin and instead of a handshake gives him a big bear hug? Can you imagine the media reaction? Now Putin's a short man. He stands about five foot six. Trump is about six foot four, I believe. Can you imagine if he just walks up to Putin and just kisses him on the forehead, and says, "Thank you for the election." Trump is like six seven. He's a tall guy. The media would go absolutely bonkers. You would see something has exploded. It'd be ridiculous. It would be funny. Yeah. It would be quite funny because every media outlet would lose their minds. CNN would have a a network special that lasted a week. The kiss heard around the world. Oh, yeah. They would accuse Trump of being a sexual predator, and they would also claim that he was gay. (laughs) Uh they, They would have a reporter for CNN having an interview with Putin. Yes, President Trump grabbed me in my naughty place as he kissed my forehead. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jim Acosta would have a heart attack. <laughs> By the way, I saw the greatest meme yesterday. It was a picture of Anthony Weiner, Bill Clinton, and Al Sharpton. Oh, God. And, uh, Talking about how bad the Republicans are, how divisive the Republicans are, how nasty the Republicans are. Mm-hmm. Said the rapist, said the rapist to the pedophile to the tax cheat. Oh, of course. Okay. As they like to call us. Well, it's here's another thing that's evil. You have these stories that have been pushed under the rug for decades, like Harvey Weinstein and Bill Clinton. And 
Anthony Weiner, Ted Kennedy, Chris Dodd. There's a whole host of... And Kevin Spacey. I mean, there are so many Kevin. out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a story that's been going around Washington for a long, long time now. And it was called The Waitress Sandwich. Chris Dodd and Ted Kennedy would take waitresses in the private room of this of this um, restaurant and proceed to have what's called a waitress sandwich. I'm not going to go wow. into detail. I'm going to oh leave it at that. Oh, but my God. Hey, these are the same people who, once they zip up, they proclaim how much they're a champion for women. And for the little man. Yeah. They're a champion for women, all right. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> it's to bring up the hypocrisy of the left. Mm-hmm. The left wants yeah. to confiscate guns and usher in more gun control. Well, at the same time, they're being protected by guns. Barack Obama had at least 50 guns protecting him at all times. And especially, then, uh, when, especially when he was talking about we need comprehensive gun control. Oh, yeah. And he wouldn't even address the fact that in the eight years that he was in office that 3,903 people were killed in Chicago. Well, Is that all 3,000? Yeah, I looked it up again last night. It was 3,903 people. Uh, I mean, you know. And then him having to come out the other day about this Texas shooting and say, you know, oh, well, we grieve with the families. However, let's have the wisdom to do something about gun control. Well, what they don't tell you is it was the illegal gun owner who stopped this monster. Yeah. Yeah. They won't talk about that. I've not heard MSNBC or CNN even mention the man. Who or MSNBC. Yeah. There's an no. owner by the name of John yeah, Locke. Yeah, he, he was trained by the NRA. John Locke used FBI data and looked at those cities and counties in the country who have high rates of gun ownership and low rates of gun ownership. And then he put together what counties or cities have the strictest laws. And those counties and those cities with the least number of restrictions on guns were always the safest. Those who are the most restrictive had the most, had more murders and more violence. New York, I'm sorry, Chicago has some of the strictest gun laws in the country. Oh, yeah. 
and there's a shooting, if not a few, each day. Washington, D.C., it's the same way. It's actually illegal for you to have a clip in Washington, D.C., just the clip, the magazine. It's one of the highest rated shooting places for shootings in the country. New York was like that until the mid-90s, until Rudy Giuliani got in. Rudy got in there and cleaned that crap up. Rudy cleaned it up. Now, it's getting to be, per capita, one of the most dangerous cities in the country. Mm-hmm. Again. Thank you, Comrade de Blasio. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I will tell you, the first couple of um, movie theater shootings, I started carrying all the time. Everywhere. Unless I had to go into a federal building. If I had to go into a federal building, I'd do everything I had to do to keep from having to go. But if I actually had to go... Um, I'll leave my weapon at home versus leaving it in the car and let somebody break in break into your car and get it in your out of your car. Yeah. I lived in New York City during the sixties and seventies and I remember how dangerous Times Square was. You just didn't go there because it was so dangerous. And then when I came back, I think it was in a year 1999 or 2000, it was like a Disneyland. I mean, that's how great Rudy was and how he cleaned up that particular area of New York. There were no pornographic movie theaters anymore. There weren't any prostitutes on the street. I mean, it was just, you know, you could just walk around and feel safe. I wouldn't do it now. But, yeah. Well, it's because you have liberal politicians who think that stop and frisk is a means of racial profiling. Yeah. Well, we're not even back in the police department. Well, it, it is a means of racial profiling. Just like when they make traffic stops and use the 287G program, it's also racial profiling. Okay, because let's just call it like it is. The majority of people that live in New York City are of color. Okay, the crime rate in New York City by primarily black individuals far outweighs crime committed by white individuals or other nationalities in New York City. So, yes, if the majority of the crime is being committed by one group of people, of course you're going to profile. It's the same as Driving while Hispanic. Okay? The truth is that if a police officer sees certain signs of vehicle driving down the road, they're 287G certified, yes, they're going to make a traffic stop. And I guarantee you, you don't hear of very many people of Hispanic descent being stopped 
asked to show citizenship documents getting mad because they have to show them. So it is a, a form of profiling, whether people want to, you know, admit it or not. Those that scream at the top of their lungs about it doesn't care that it's profiling. They just want political points. Speaking of political points, Virginia election now is pretty well over. And I've been watching it. The, the state itself is inconsequential in the overall politics of things. So those that were thinking this was some big referendum, it's really not. Um, I've heard some on the Democratic side over the past several years say that it is uh, a bellwether state. Virginia is never a bellwether state. However they choose to go politically does not determine how the rest of the country goes. So looking at the numbers... I think Mark said it earlier, how all the people are going out into the burbs and everything, and it's just an expansion of the government living in the burbs. What you you had in Virginia is you had four counties, very heavily populated counties, on the eastern side that pretty well dwarfed any chance. Because Ed Gillespie in, in Virginia, you know, number one, he was governor before. Okay, secondly, he was the chairman of the Republican Party, and he is considered by many to be what's called a rhino. So I kept that in mind as I was watching the numbers both. Excuse me a minute. Trump is now speaking in South Korea. Those interesting. I looked at the I looked at it precinct by precinct, county by county, more so county by county, uh, because you can't really precinct by precinct's not an accurate barometer sometimes. So I went and looked. The first one to look at is Fairfax County. If Fairfax County comes in uh above twenty five percent for the Democrat then generally the Democrats are going to carry the state just because that is a huge, huge number to overcome there in Fairfax County. And sure enough, in the case here, it was very disproportionate to the Democrat. In areas in western Virginia, in areas in western Virginia, where Ed Gillespie should have made up five and six thousand votes. Excuse me a minute. Well, Ed did not like the second job with Trump. And I think those people who align themselves with the president and want his agenda done and the American people's agenda done, they do very well in these elections. But if they're considered a rhino or part of the swamp, don't count on it. Well, what well, you have with, with this is you have an election on a Tuesday in the middle of the work week, and it's very hard for people to get motivated to go vote if it's not for president, really. Yeah. In well, my state, we do 
elections like that on on the week on Saturdays, and we find a much better turnout on a Saturday than we do on a Tuesday. Well, you can only do that in off elections where federal offices aren't involved. If a federal office is involved, the election must be on a Tuesday. As a matter of fact, the Constitution pretty well defines when an election should be. But you have, and uh, anybody that wants to challenge that can go read the Constitution. You'll find that it's in there. Um, on state elections, you can have a state election anytime you want to. But if a federal office is on the ballot, it has to be held um, at a certain time in November. Primaries, yes, you can get by with that. Primaries, nobody cares about. But in this election in Virginia, the only thing that really people are watching is to see what the turnout overall would be. The Democratic turnout was a little higher, which is, again, to be expected. Democrat turnout in 2018 is going to be very high because they're going to try and show that, okay, it's an off year for the president and he's going to lose seats. So Virginia did stick to the model with that. Ed Gillespie couldn't overcome, you know, in, in four of the largest counties. I mean, he just he lost so badly. And the eastern, the western part of the state, they showed up to vote. There were the votes. They just didn't vote for Ed Gillespie. Hmm. And so without having those large numbers to offset in Lee County and Roanoke, um, in Roanoke, the Republican usually runs away there. Roanoke was very close, both Roanoke City and Roanoke County. So, but if there's any long-lasting political lesson to take out of Virginia, there really isn't one. I would I would say to the Republicans, pay attention. And I would say to the Republicans, do not run establishment people that aren't going to be willing to work with the president in the next Congress which is why you all of a sudden see them trying to get tax cuts out of the gate, why you see them, um, I have it on good authority that somebody just took to the well and put the infrastructure bill in the well and submitted it to the sergeant-at-arms, which means that's coming up next. Um, so you're going to see some bills, and I, and I told everybody this, you're going to see some bills start cracking through during the lame duck part of this year and early next year because they want all these big contentious bills out of the way by the time they come back in February after the federal holiday. Well, you know, John McCain has already said that he's not going to vote for this tax bill. So You don't have to vote for the tax bill. Most likely he'll be dead, so... Nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> so, what, what I think is happening. Well, how is he promoted? The Republicans, the Republicans want the infrastructure bill as well as the tax bill to be done by the spring. For infrastructure, the spring is usually when major contracts are done, where your road work is done because of the long winters. And well, you'll see. On the infrastructure bill, it's going to – you're already seeing some states start to put it into practice, um, Tennessee being one of them. But you've got – Republicans and Democrats both benefit from a 
infrastructure bill. And Republicans and Democrats both benefit from the tax plan. Now, I had somebody ask me if I've studied the tax plan. I did finally get a chance to to look it over and compare numbers. And the only place I see where people are on both sides are going to gripe, the left is going to complain about the estate tax. Mm-hmm. And the right's going to complain about closing most of the loopholes for diverting tax money. But I disagree with the assessment of the Pew Research Center that states that, you know, the revenue isn't going to go up. Because the truth is, and Reaganomics proved this, that when you cut the tax rate for the higher income people, they're going to spend it. And when you drop the corporate tax rate, the $2.7 trillion in cash that's sitting off our shores is going to be, not all of it, but a good chunk of it, is going to be influxed back into the United States. Ergo, more wages, ergo, more spending. So it's a centripetal force that uh, that works for everybody. And something else I want to touch on, something else I want to touch on before I let our host graciously take back over. Earlier, somebody made the statement that mental illness equates evil. And I have to tell you, I spent years working in that field, and the boss lady still works in that field. And I can tell you that mental illness does not equate evil. Okay? (laughs) Do people that have mental illness commit evil acts? Yes, it does happen. Are all mentally ill people evil? No. Are all mentally ill people going to go out here and get a semi-automatic weapon and walk down the aisles of churches seeking out babies and shooting them? No. Uh, so let's not put mental illness and evil in the same in the same category. This idiot that went and shot at this church in Texas is pure evil. Whatever his mm-hmm. motives are, no matter if he was mad at his in-laws, the end of the day, he was an evil person that happened to have mental illness. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that's where liberals, when you know, start to win arguments, they want to put, well, anybody with a mental illness is an evil person. Well, that's just not true. Or no, anybody that has a developmental that, disability, you know, it's just not true. I don't think that that's what was meant. Whoever said it earlier, I don't think that that's what was meant. That all of the common thing that all of these Democrats that have the uh, Agora shooter, all of these, they have some kind of mental illness, and they're on psychotropic drugs. Um, By the way, that's true. I have to pass along something. Colin Kaepernick today tried out for a high school football team. He was going to go back and get his high school diploma. And he was cut from the team for lack of talent. <laughs> so that explains why he was kneeling in front of that school. <laughs> now, it oh, might have been me that said it, but I, I didn't mean it as that. I meant it that it. I gotta reverse my words now. I meant it as in. If you look at one of the factors that leads into this, there, there, there is evil. There is evil. 
And some of that evil is rooted into their illnesses and the way that they perceive the world. It makes them evil. And not that every person with an illness is evil, that those people who do commit evil could get the help and should have gotten help. I didn't mean to generalize, which I think I did. And for that, I apologize. Well, you have to be you have to be very careful, and even even just in this comment or in this uh, uh, even it's number one, people with mental illness don't necessarily have a predisposition for evil. Number two, just because someone's on psychotropics also doesn't make it a precursor to go out here and blast people. As a matter of fact, that, that's one of the common generalities that they have. That may be the way they that do it. Would they do it without the psychotropic drugs? Maybe. Is it the psychotropic drugs that do that? Maybe. The psychotropic <laughs> drugs, you know, again, it, this is the issue that, that we run into. Not every person that takes a psychotropic is going to go blasting somebody. And not every person with a mental illness, just because they're not on psychotropics, is going to go blast somebody. Now, right. do, do we hear and see in the news this stuff happening? Of course we do. The shooter in Colorado, you know, yes, it's there. Yes, it is more common for it to happen in big situations like this. But I have to go back to, okay, so one guy goes in and kills 26 people. Well, and I hate to browbeat Chicago and New York City, but let's just let's just go ahead and browbeat them. Does did the all of the shooters that killed the thousands of people that have been killed in Chicago do they all have mental illness? No, no, uh, they're just they, mental. Oh. No, okay, gang members. But the point gang. is that we yeah. don't want to we as ragtag and we as individuals, we don't want to play into the stigma because that's how you lose liberties. And that's how yeah. the thing happens. Okay. Yeah. You have got to, you know, and, and many of y'all heard me say this about a year ago, maybe a little less than a year ago. And that is that in order for us to accomplish things in this country, I think we need to take a bigger look at mental health issues. Because right now they're not treated, and it's done on a it's done on a reactive basis, not proactive. Number one, number two, a lot of people fall through the cracks. And if I have to agree with John F. Kennedy on anything, it would have been his approach to mental health. And uh, I think that we could solve a lot of problems, both family problems, both. Uh, society problems if we could figure out a way to address mental health. I think we would even solve a lot of the drug problem by addressing the mental issues that go with it. Okay, you got to bring in, too, the insurance companies because a lot of them will not pay for psychotropic drugs if a person is over a certain age. 
we ran is- into this when I worked on the Alzheimer's unit at the VA. I don't that- I don't disagree. But the way you do it is you go to the insurance companies because let's just face it, the drug companies and the insurance companies at the end of the day are going to profit from us coming no up what. and us say no matter what. Yeah. They're going to they're going to profit especially if good legislation gets passed. But the issue the the bigger issue at hand is that that is probably one of the least lobbied causes in the United States. And the only thing coming out of this gun thing the only problem we've got is let's say that the argument continues to be, well, anybody with mental illness shouldn't have a gun or anybody that has depression shouldn't have a gun or anybody that has, well, guess what? That starts, <laughs> eating, away, that starts eating away at liberty. And just because you have a medical condition, if you have shown that you're violent, you should lose your right to bear arms. Yes, okay. I agree. Okay, if you beat up on your wife and you threaten her with a gun and they have to take an OP out on you, you should Baby, very well. That's not, that, look, that's a situation that's going to happen. My former husband is, go, is going to kill someone, and his his most recent girlfriend couldn't even get an a, a, a order of protection from him after they had all my court stuff that said that he had abused me, that said he had abused my son, that said he was uh, had been under arrest for assault of an off-duty police officer. What more do you need? It doesn't cost the court anything to write out a order of protection. Well, it's the judges, too. I mean, you know, you've got to well, blame the now, judges. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. When you get into the constitutional guaranteed rights, the bar should be very, very high. Okay. Fabian, now, my, Tammy, my husband I don't know has also, also been dishonorably discharged from the military. Oh, and he yeah. should All kinds be. of people are dishonorably discharged. That doesn't make them violent. I'm not defending him. I'm just saying that the bar, the bar should be set very, very high for... For an those, order of protection? Yes. Absolutely, because here's the thing. Once you have an order of protection, the minute that order of protection is going to be granted, there's a little checkbox, okay? And in that that checkbox, that judge has the ability to strip you of your right to bear arms for the rest of your days with one little checkmark in that box. He assaulted a 98-pound woman who was going through colon cancer. I'm not talking about one particular case. Okay, you can't ever look at one case and make a decision. But that's, that's exactly what I'm saying. Is that's what's happened? All the all the nets that were supposed to to click this guy and keep him from doing all the stuff that he was done somehow fell through. Well, he's got all another ones, thing working in his favor. He's a protected class, Tammy. How's he a protected class? He's a Native American, part of a Native American I tribe. That. His name is Harold Barron. They had no idea. It, but his it doesn't not, matter. His name if is he, not Harold Little Little John. It's his birth name. It's uh, or whatever his first name was on his birth certificate. His name was Harold Barron. Nobody knew that he was a Native American. 
but he, he still is part of a protective class, which makes it even harder for the government of the United States to do anything because they have to go through the... Complete, uh, complete, complete bullshit. Complete. I'm just saying that that's the way it is. But my point being is that Tammy's case aside, okay, we're not talking specifically about hers, the bar should be very high in order for someone to lose their right, okay? Now, if you're out here waving a gun, threatening to kill people, blah, 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 yes. But we shouldn't make it so easy that it's a knee-jerk reaction. Because he remember what Benjamin... One of his other girlfriends had already called me and asked me if he was on probation because he pulled a gun on her. Well, let me ask you this. Let me Let me make the statement that Benjamin Franklin made. Those that would sacrifice liberty for safety deserve neither. So you're saying that those of us that have been around him or involved in his life don't, we have to sacrifice our own safety so he can have liberty? That's not what I said. But you have the right to bear arms, and that means that you can pull that arm and shoot his ass dead if he does something against you. That's where your right protects you from him. It's a matter of utilizing your rights. And I'm not saying he don't deserve it because I don't know all the merits of the case. I'm just simply saying that the bar should be set high before you strip somebody of their right. Mark, we've hijacked your call. I understand, but <laughs> it's something that needed to be said. I, I agree. We could, you know, something that was said about the um, mental illness, and you look at what's going on with the opioid epidemic the drug use in this country. It could all be brought back to the fact that doctors are not hands-on anymore. Doctors really don't teach you anymore. They give you a pill and send you on your way. And, of course, the insurance companies love that because the doctors aren't giving the uh, insurance companies massive bills. It's very easy for you to go to the doctor's office today, get a pill, and be addicted to that pill because you have a stubbed toe or you have a hangnail. And that's the way the world has been treating people for the last upteen years now. And a lot of that has to do with the, the nature of the healthcare industry now. Because it's more feasible for doctors to prescribe a pill than to actually treat and cure a patient. Unfortunately. When was the last time we actually had something that was cured in this country? Polio? Smallpox? Oh, no. St. Jude has cured childhood cancer, but the FDA will not approve the treatment. Of course, because the FDA is ruled by people who want to make money. There's never any money in the cure. There's always money in the treatment. 
but that's a different rant that we could go on on a different show. Yep. Does anyone have anything to add for tonight's show? Oh. Uh, yes. Could, may I ask, and I know uh, y'all can just reverse this situation. I went to a store today, a woman's store, all women's. They only sell women's clothes. No kids, no men's, no boys, no nothing, just women's clothes. I went in looking for some slacks, and I saw a guy standing over on the other side of the room, but I couldn't really see, you know, his whole body because of other fixtures. Well, I rummaged around trying to get in and get out to go get Eli and be on time to pick him up. And I sashayed toward the cash register. Well, he came out and said, can I help you? And I was like, oh, I'm looking looking for some slacks. And as I turned around, there stood a full-grown man who probably weighed 280 pounds with a a beard, excuse me, a mustache and a soul patch in women's clothing and had a full chest of hair underneath his women's tank top. Oh, my goodness. I apologize. I was shopping for my mother, and we wear about the same size. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I'm kidding. Uh, and now look, he didn't sashay. He didn't. He was not a feminist, and his name was Ryan. But for the maybe he likes the way a dress feels. No, he didn't even have a dress on. And the thing is, is it didn't even look like he was wearing clothes that this particular business sold. Okay, so how are we supposed to stop this? I I I don't I, I don't know. I mean, I I put it out on Facebook, and all of the hands down, all the women except one was um, astounded and said they wouldn't shop there. Well, that's the best form of protest. You you vote with your dollar. If you don't want um, Ronald McDonald standing over you in women's clothing. Don't shop there. What's the name uh, of the store, and I won't go there. Uh, you know, it was Lane Bryant and Cool Springs. Oh my God! I mean, this is a place where a pair of pants are fifty or sixty dollars. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Wow. And for anyone who has, anyone listening to the call who has has had a similar circumstance like this. Please feel free to email Tammy. She has a lot of um, emails to go through, so you you may have a little while before you get a response. <laughs> As we uh, learned in the text segment of tonight's show. <clears throat> but until next week, I would like to thank everyone for being on the call. I ask that everyone please thank a soldier, thank a policeman, thank a fireman. Thank someone who is brave enough to do something that you are afraid to do and that serves and protects your life. Hello.
What happened? <clears throat> Sorry, the cough button. I know. <laughs> I'd like to thank everyone for being on the program. And as the newly executive director of Ragtag Patriots, and on behalf of the board of directors, I'd like to thank everyone and have a good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.